0: Welcome to The Leadership Guide, the show that takes you from peak performer to legendary leader by helping you unlock your heroic potential to emerge into who you were meant to be. This show is not your typical show on leadership. We have real, raw, unplanned, and unedited conversations with individuals from a wide variety of industries and expertise to get into the reality of what leadership actually looks like in the world not just theories that you read about in books. We leave the conversations unedited because leadership is not about perfection. Because this show is unplanned, you get unique insights, and you get to see a side of these individuals that they usually don't share anywhere else. On today's episode, we have a conversation with Nancy Philpot and discuss being unable to save the one person you want and the challenges of being in the healthcare profession, how physical manifestations can help us, the power of perspective, and you get to hear the tables turned as I get questioned. I'm your host, Cody Dakota, founder of the Leadership Guide, a member of the Forbes Coaches Council, and finalist for the Extraordinarian Award for coaches with ideas that can change people, businesses, and the world for the better, for my ideas on leadership. We are sponsored by KDDM Inc., your one-stop shop for growing your business. If you're an entrepreneur, you'll want to meet my friend, Tony Kaufman and her team at KDDM Inc. to help you clarify your message, get seen, get heard, and get sales. Because most entrepreneurs get stuck in the digital and social media world and don't know how to stop losing money and leads. KDDM Inc. is a world-class digital marketing agency that offers professional video production, amazing US-based virtual assistance, and brings the best tools and resources in the industry for entrepreneurs with their done-for-you and done-with-you solutions. Thanks to KDDM Inc., more entrepreneurs are reaching their heroic potential. If you would like to be a proud sponsor of The Leadership Guide Show, please go to www.theleadership.guide and fill out the Contact Us form. We'll get in contact with you shortly. And don't forget, stay tuned to the end of the episode to discover how to join the League of Legendary Leaders, an association of leaders with the goal to raise $100,000 monthly to support nonprofit causes which are currently looking to impact the world and make it better for future generations. Now, onto the show. Hey, Nancy, how's it going today?
1: It's going great, Cody. How are you doing today?
0: I am living life and I am loving life. Things are going well for me. Thanks for asking. That's awesome. I'm having the same kind of day. Good. That's what I like to hear. More people need to have that kind of day. You know what I mean?
1: And I think you can. You just have to choose it, don't you? Uh,
0: I agree. I, I think it is a very simple choice Even when things are at their worst, um, I I think that, and and it's not easy to do this. Don't get me wrong, but I think you can still choose to have a good day even when things are at their worst.
1: That's the one thing I think that I've learned as I've aged, like fine wine. We get to choose our perspective, and probably I didn't do a great choice when I was younger. Because I was trying so hard to be all the things you try to be when you're younger. And then you get <laughs> right and you go, oh, well, let's just chill here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear what you mean. Most of us don't make all the right decisions when you're when we're younger. And I'm on the younger end. So there's still decisions that I make that I know aren't always the greatest.
1: <laughs> well, and that's part of the journey. Isn't it, of You just trust. You just have to trust yourself there's
0: something bigger than you that's driving the whole thing that's what i think definitely i'm i'm 110% on board with that concept i definitely think there's uh, a master plan going on in the universe and if if we can figure out our place within that plan the things that we can do are just amazing and I, and speaking of our place in the master plan nancy Tell us about what your place is in the master plan of the universe.
1: Well, so in the master plan of the universe, I've been a healer for a long time. Um, started out early in life as a nurse, and and so nursing was my career. Healer, nurse, a variety of different places in the nursing world, and um, and so compassion, love, appreciation, um, standing for people that were in pain and worried about things, whether it was physical, mental, or emotional pain, you know. Yeah. That's where I've been most of my career. been a nurse for 40-something years and um, had a kind of a wake-up moment when my mom got cancer in
0: 2001. Yeah, I can imagine.
1: Yeah. Kind of changed directions. I, I think Um, one of the things that I've learned as a mother is that mothers and fathers have so much influence. And I don't think you know that when you're the first time you're a mom or when, when it first starts, you have no idea, you know, what the bigger plan is, but, but your parents have such an influence on who you are and how you, do life and what happens because they can imprint all their stuff on you and you don't even know that's what's going on. I became a nurse. My mom wasn't a nurse, but lots of the people that I know who are nurses became nurses because their moms are nurses.
0: Yeah. I heard there's, there's a statistic, something like 70%. It's some crazy number of, of nurses whose parents were nurses.
1: Absolutely. It's just crazy because we watch our, Parents as role models and we either choose we're going to be like them or we're not going to be like them
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> or we're going to pick part of what they are that we're going to be or not be until and, and really it's when they leave this world when they transition to where they go that you have the freedom to say oh well my parents are gone I can be whoever I want to now. it's a crazy feeling when that happens
0: yeah, I, I could imagine. Now, my my mother is still here, and, and and my grandmother and my aunt; those are kind of the three people who really had their hand in raising me. And so, I I haven't had that experience yet, um, with with them not being there. So that's a very interesting perspective to me.
1: Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be. I mean, we all have to go through that with our parents. We all have our parents transition, and and when they do, it's a whole. Different experiences you can't even imagine until you're in the middle of it, experiencing it. Good. Well,
0: tell, yeah. Tell tell me about your experience within it, because so, it, it sounds like you you definitely went through a, a more difficult time than some people with that, with with your mother having gone through cancer.
1: Well, so I think what made it difficult for me, and we started this conversation talking about perspective, mm-hmm. and what made it difficult for me was I didn't realize. This is the story. My mom came to visit me. We were sitting on the back deck drinking a glass of wine, and she announced, I'm here for a week. We're going to eat, drink, and be married. I'm going to go home and die. And when she,
0: <laughs> I mean, that, that's a way to tell your, your children. Exactly, that's a way to tell you, right? And so
1: it, it, three weeks later, she was gone. That was the crazy part. And it was in those three weeks well, it was in that moment when she made that announcement that um, two things happened. A part of me became that little bitty kid who was wanted to go running down the hill screaming, no, 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 I'm not ready for you to go. And the always present, consciously competent and compassionate nurse in me stepped up. She took over and said, let's talk about it, Mom. And in the next three weeks, What I had the the great fortune to do, my sister and I, was to ask all the questions, all the questions uh, that you need to ask when it's the end for somebody that you love. And so we got to ask all the... We talked about all kinds of amazing things and all the questions I hadn't asked and needed to ask and stupid things. That was my experience. And what happened, Cody was... I didn't realize as a nurse that I had a different expectation of myself because the person that I cared the most about it was dying. And, and I'd spent my 30 years as a nurse saving people. And so it became this obsession with me to save my mom. And, and I was part of me was in fear mode, and I'd be afraid and, and feel this emotional overwhelm, and I'd run down and smoke a cigarette. That's how I coped with life those days. And the other part of me was in this peaceful, amazing place, knowing that my belief system believed that she was going to go be with God. And I was so excited that she was going to have that experience. And and so part of me was at war with the other part of me who was at peace. And it was like, it was an awful, (laughs) an awful experience. What I know now that I didn't know then is that people who are healthcare professionals and deal with stress and trauma all day long, we stuff all those feelings that we have so that we can show up and be there for our patients. And so we don't deal with all that emotional garbage that we feel and experience. We just stuff it down. And, And so all of those emotional things that I had stuffed down and not expressed or not dealt with all that time became like demons coming at me just... I was on a roller coaster and and what I know now is that I was experiencing a condition called compassion fatigue, which is a stress reaction that caregivers have. But unique yeah. to caregivers. Yeah. Along with the grieving process. So, so it was like an emotional, oh my God, meltdown. And I walked away from nursing. I walked out of the hospital when she passed and I said, I'm not doing that anymore and then struggled with who am I and what am I gonna do next?
0: definitely because because you dedicated a, a very large portion of your life to this profession and 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 the way that the, the general tendency to deal with the the emotional impact of what you guys actually do it, it, just that whole framework it, it feels like there's something broken with it in the way you're describing it and when it all comes crashing down in one moment it, it can be overbearing and and Suffocating, I, I imagine.
1: Well, here's what I what I think is interesting, Cody, is that I wasn't I wasn't present for that experience in that faith. I mean, I have so many amazing experiences as a nurse of people dying and and amazing experiences that have absolutely given me certainty that there is something else out there. There is a greater power. There is, and, and my greater power is called God. But I know with absolute 100% certainty, based on all the experiences I've had, that there is a God. And in those moments when I could have, should have, what I had always done with everybody else was just trust and believe. It was, I was having a hard time
0: doing that in
1: that experience.
0: Well, yeah, because
1: it was <laughs> like crazy.
0: Well, and, and and I I could imagine being hard to to trust and believe because there you you've spent your entire profession trying to save people, and then the one person you want to save is ripped from you in three weeks from from the moment you are told to the moment it happens. It's three weeks, which is such a short period of time in 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 the I mean, considering the amount of time we have on earth, uh, three weeks is so short and so so i could j- I could only imagine just how difficult it is to have any trust in any belief at that point
1: well so when you go through a traumatic experience and it causes you to go inward and to define who you are and what that experience means, we really do get a choice about how we perceive that. And that was the greatest thing that I learned from that experience is, is I have hundred percent control over what I, the story that I tell myself, right? Because we tell ourselves stories all the time about that are not true. We're just making stuff up. <laughs> hearing ourselves to death or are trusting or believing. It's like, you know, we get, a, we get a choice. And we just have to take control of those choices that we're making.
0: Definitely. If you,
1: if you don't feel good, stop telling yourself whatever you're telling yourself, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I I heard this statistic recently, which I thought was, was really interesting. It, it, it was like, we worry like 90% of the things we worry about are things that'll never happen. Right. The 10% of the things that we worry about could happen, but of those things, only 2% of it actually happens. And, and so, like, of all the many things we have anxieties about and fears about, really only 2% of it actually ever happens.
1: And And really what's important in that statistic is you're so busy worrying about what's going to happen. You aren't present for what's going
0: on in the moment. And you, can't, and you miss your whole life if you do that, right? Exactly. And, and it, I mean, you, there's so many people in the world who feel like they don't have any more time left, right? They get to this point and they're like, I don't have much time left. And, and this is happening to people in their 40s and 50s. And with the way our healthcare system is, the average lifespan goes up most years. So right now the average lifespan is in the 80s. So typically you're going to still have another, you know, 40, 30 years in that area, but people are already feeling like that in their 40s and 50s and, and, and it's, it's at an epidemic level where some people feel that in their teens and it's led to major depression and suicide in the world.
1: And, and what do you think, I'm just curious from somebody your age, what do you think is causing all that anxiety? There's,
0: I think there's a few factors that go into it from, from my perspective. Um, And and it depends on the age group too, I think. Um, Part of it in, in the youth, right, with, with depression and, and the, the rising levels of suicide, I think a lot of it is comparison syndrome, where we, we're trying to live up to the Joneses. That's, that's the old phrase, right? But the Joneses is now on Instagram, right? right? And we get more exposure to it. Like in the past, like the Joneses were your next door neighbors, right? But they were the only people around for a while, right? that had that level that you knew of right but now on social media right it's i mean you get the joneses 500 pictures in a row right Right. and you know a lot of them right even if you don't know them directly you know a lot of them and so it's it's that same kind of feeling multiplied to exponential levels uh within the youth and then within within older generations i think there's kind of I would say there's three parts to it uh, in in my mind, just, and this is just me trying to think out loud. Um, one is, is the, the idea from the past, right? That you would only live to be like into your sixties or seventies, mm-hmm. right? Seventies, if you were lucky. So, so it's the, the old idea of how old you would be still right. pervading in, in the world. Right. I think another part of it is um is the glory days right when when you look to the past you see all these things as having been great and when you look to the future you don't see the opportunities that could exist and you don't see the 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 things that could be right and and so so the, the glory days makes you wish for the old days, but you know the old days aren't coming back. And so you kind of just give up. Um, and then the third thing is just looking at how the world views events in general. Uh, we're, we're in such a, a large information age right now where we can see the news and events that are happening in front of us all the time. And we as, as, a, as a species, right, human beings have a, a large tendency to focus on the bad things because in, you know, in, in the way past when we were fighting saber-toothed tigers and whatever, right, you had to know that in order to survive, right? But, like, right. in today's world, that's not a necessary thing we need to survive and, the, the human body is fascinating in so many levels that when there is something in our, our system that stops having a purpose, it redefines its purpose and sometimes it works in a really terrible way. So, so we don't have to look out for saber-toothed tigers and bears and enemy tribes anymore. But instead, we look at the news for every other terrible thing that could happen even though 90% of the time it will never impact us. so And and our brains
1: haven't stopped doing what our brains have been doing forever, and that is to protect us. Its job is to protect us. That's what it knows how to do, and it creates autopilot programs intentionally. And so if you're always focused on the bad things that are going to happen, then it's going to just cause your body to respond in that anxiety way, anticipating something bad's gonna happen. And so definitely. Yeah. It it causes huge health issues, all kinds of issues.
0: Definitely that that made me think of one more thing to add into that. And and this I think goes to all generations. And it's it's the the always on sensation, yeah. right? Yeah. Um I in in one of I'm going through a certification right now and one of the things we, we talk a lot about Is the different rhythms we have right which are just a natural part of the body functioning and one of the the, one of the the most famous one are your circadian rhythms right Right. you have morning nights morning nights and and certain things happen in your body at night and certain things happen in your body in the morning now with our with our always-on nation that we're really into right now I mean you could start work before the Sun rises and you could end work like midnight, right? Yeah. And 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 you we use things to make us believe it's still day. Blue light is all over the place in our computers and our light systems, and that prevents us from actually getting melatonin, which helps us to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And and so basically, our a, a lot of that, right? you have the high stress, stress and anxiety of knowing that you're always on call, right? Yeah. Or that at any moment you might get an email from someone or any moment you might get a call or any moment you might get a direct message on social media, right? Wh- whatever it is, you know, at any moment it could come and, and you never know when it's going to come. and And so y- you have that mixed with the length of how long we allow this to happen to ourselves. And our bodies aren't, able to function the way they're supposed to be able and it it dramatically creates huge levels of anxiety and all all these things you were talking about.
1: Yeah. Firefly switches turned on and it never turns off.
0: Exactly.
1: So Cody, how do you coach your clients around that? What do you what kind of strategies do you give them?
0: That's that's a great question. Um so so within like the circadian rhythms kinds of things. It's, it's about having a specific time to actually shut things down. Right. And, and also if you have challenges shutting down at those times for whatever reason, it's about reducing the amounts of input, right? So, so for instance, a really easy one that anyone can do on your computers, on your phones, on your Kindles, whatever, right there's there's typically blue light that goes through them but there are no you're good don't worry about it this is this is world things <laughs> go weird every once in a while it's all good okay so um yeah i'm I'm so easy going whatever someone walks into the room i'm gonna wave to them like that's just me uh-huh. um <laughs> that's that's actually happened during an interview which was super funny uh people aren't going to see the footage of that, but it, it happened in the middle of one of my interviews. I was waving at the person who oh, walked in the room. Uh, but like that, that's just me. That's their, that's their family, and I love seeing families together. So, um, Back into what we were talking about, though. So, so with all these blue lights, you can actually turn blue lights off on any of your systems. There's functions to do that which will help the, the melatonin kick in sooner to help you get into those, those rhythms. And then the other thing to do is actually build consistent rhythms into your life. So like with the morning, right, There there's certain things you can do in the morning to kind of set you up for a better day. Um, you know, very popular ones are plan your day out, either in the morning or in the evening. Um, do some sort of mindfulness or meditation or breathing exercises. And, and the, there's large varieties of what you can do with that. Um, a lot of people like to do gratitude journals, so you can do that. But but the key isn't necessarily what you specifically do, because what you specifically do could change on what you need, but it's creating that consistent pattern, right? When I wake up, these are the things I do that set me up to have a better day going forward. And if I can reduce the inputs during that time, it's dramatically helpful. Like if I don't look at emails until these things are done, I've created a space where I'm safe. And right. if I don't look at emails or text messages or my phone period after X time, right? You reduce the inputs there. And so, so the more often we can reduce those inputs and create those, those systems consistently, the, the easier our body has it in, in that respect. So that's one of the things I would work on coaching with people.
1: What I found um, in the, the experience with my mom mm-hmm. after I left nursing, one of the things I promised my mom I would do is quit smoking because she was dying of lung cancer. So gotcha. I went to a hypnotherapist, it became Non smoker trained. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I trained and um, have helped lots and lots of other people stop doing habits they don't want to do. And what was fascinating in that process for me from the beginning of working with my mom was recognizing when my brain was in fear mode versus when it wasn't in fear mode. And And I learned how to modulate by recognizing when I was feeling an emotion. When you're feeling an emotion, your brain is actually in that pattern matching process, trying to figure out which autopilot program to run. Mm -hmm. So it's going to go searching through your history file, looking for, have we been here in the past? What was our experience and what do we need to do now? So when I'm working with clients, I'm telling them, Use your emotions as your compass. Mm -hmm. They're not good or bad. They are energy in your body that your body's producing, and you can absolutely use that as your compass to know when to take deep breaths and get to a calm place so that you can make a conscious decision about what to do next instead of reacting and being stressed all the time. We absolutely have the ability to turn off the fight or flight response, turn on the relaxation response. And if you practice doing that consistently, like you're talking about, yeah, that becomes your natural habit. It's bec- it becomes what your body knows how to do and does automatically. So the more you practice that, the easier it is to, to use that to stay in that calm place, along with all those other things you talked about.
0: Definitely, no doubt. It actually, I, I, um, and and one of the things that happens when we're going through those a lot of times is we we actually have a physical manifestation of that anxiety that actually Absolutely. comes up. I had a friend tell me wh- when I was going through some really hard times. He he looked at me and he's like, "Cody, do you realize that your jaw locks up every time you're stressed out?" And I was like, "What?" Right. And so like my jaw, like my mouth goes usually I'm a very smiley person. I like to smile a lot. But when when I'm undergoing stress, my my mouth goes into a straight line and my jaw clenches up and I can feel it. And as soon as he pointed that out to me, now every time I I feel my jaw clench up, I I have a realization I'm stressed about something, right? Right. What can I do? What is the source of it? What can I do about it? And I use it, the physical cue to, to, understand that I can change the feeling right and I've had that happen with clients too where, where you talk to them and they they talk about how they reacted in that situation and it's like well did you feel something before that right and they'll right. be like oh yeah actually now that you've mentioned it and it's like use that as a cue so the next time it happens right uh-huh. you're better informed and you won't be perfect at it Right, Right. it's it's not going to be like overnight. You're just like, "Pow! I can stop this any time." Right, but when you were talking, the mind is like a search engine, right? Absolutely. Um, And and so once your mind knows that cue, it's going to search for it more often. Yep. And your body talks to
1: you all the time. Body talks all the time. You got to listen to what your body's telling you and follow what it tells you to do because it's talking to you telling you what it needs and it knows how to get back its job is to get back to a state of balance its job is to get back to that homeostatic position and that's what it's doing all the time you got to help it
0: not work against it definitely i 100 agree that's that's why i i believe that with, with a complete human person you have the mental, the physical, and the spiritual. You need all three of those components working in harmony. And when you have one of those components out of harmony, typically it impacts the other two. So so with, with the physical health, right, if you're not eating healthy, if you're not getting to sleep at good times, if... If you're checking uh, social media all the time, right? These, these things become very unhealthy and then it impacts your mental state and it impacts your spiritual state. And, and in the same way, you, you could have like your spiritual state. You don't feel like you have a purpose, right? And because you don't feel like, a pur- like you have a purpose, it makes you not want to work out and it makes you not want to utilize your brain. So all the functions kind of go down. And you see this all over the place.
1: Yeah, the the thing that um, is really apparent to me, what was amazing to me when mom made her announcement was that her spirit made that decision. Mm -hmm. And it, it was fascinating to watch her body fight that decision her spirit had made because it really was at war for about three weeks the body was trying to say, no, 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 I'm going to keep fighting. And so what you're saying resonates with me a lot. In, in my experience as a nurse, a lot of people are spiritually not at peace. They're not getting, for whatever reason, their heart's telling them, I want this, and they're doing that. Mm-hmm. They're, in alignment their head and their heart are not aligned because their brain's trying to tell them all the reasons they need to not do what they want to do and so that the most important thing is your head and your heart have to be on the same page they have to be working together along with that desire or that joy or whatever you're trying to find in your life
0: definitely instinct Definitely. There's actually, there's some fascinating, absolutely fascinating research, um, scientific research into how the brain communicates with the heart. Because the heart actually has neurons and stuff and acts like a brain and has its own thinking processing powers. Um, And and what this this science has shown, it it comes, um, the science I've read about comes from the HeartMath Institution. I've been a HeartMath coach since. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Yeah. I'm actually yeah. looking to become a heart math coach. That's what I'm, I, I, um, actually tomorrow I'm having a conversation with the organization for like awesome. our steps. You're going to um, love it. Cody. Awesome. So, so you are hundred percent in alignment with what I'm thinking about right now. And when, when the, the heart and the mind aren't together, it creates what's called incoherence, right? And that incoherent state actually causes physical ramifications. Yeah. Um, and and the, the other fascinating thing that, that I love with the heart math uh, research is that when, when you look at the heart, the heart has an, an electromagnetic field that it creates that permeates around us around 8 to 10 feet. And, you know, there's plus or minuses within all of these numbers. But it, it's a pretty decent distance away from you. And so if, if your brain and heart are misaligned that electromagnetic field is actually going to be uh, come out from you as misalignment, or if they're aligned, it's going to come out from you aligned and it's going to impact the people around you. Not, not just like this, like theoretical, emotional, right? It's like, it's literally there is a scientific force that is impacting the people around you.
1: And the research, Cody, I don't know whether you've seen the studies, but the, the heart map has images of um, studies they've done where a little kid and his dog, the little kid's experiencing joy with his dog, and the heart rhythms are synchronized between people, between pets and animals. One of the things that I teach my clients to do in order to, to do stress, and I do mm-hmm. this I've done this since I became a heart math coach years and years and years ago. When I'm driving in traffic, mm-hmm. I'm an animal lover. I love cats and dogs and ducks and everything, right? <laughs> so I imagine that my cat's sitting on my lap and I'm just, in mentally, I'm petting my cat, I'm feeling his fur and I'm hearing him purr. That my brain perceives that to be reality and it instantly calms me down. And for my animal lovers, I always tell them to use their animals as their tool when to relax when they need to relax. Math has done amazing research. And I can tell you a study that I personally did. My husband was, to hear it. He was um, working for an organization and kind of got sideways with his boss. And he had a number of employees that he was responsible for. And this gentleman that was his supervisor would come in on Mondays or Fridays or whenever it was and, and disrupt and berate people and embarrass people. And and my hubby absolutely doesn't treat people that way. And so he would just be beside himself angry and he'd come home mad and, and, When it first started, it was like he'd come home the day it happened and he'd be mad. And then he started anticipating it was going to happen, and so it got to where he was running around mad all the time. And I and I was teaching my clients to use this strategy, and he, you know, he'd say, "Oh well, it won't work," blah blah blah. Anyway, so I finally (laughs) got to a point where I said, "Listen, buddy, I can't live with you this way anymore. I cannot live with you being angry and worried. And, and I said, you've got to do this for me. You have to go into this meeting. And I want you, the minute he walks in the door, to open the window to your heart and just send love and appreciation. Just fill that room up. with it. And, and I said, and watch what happens to him. And Cody, what happened, he came home like a little bitty kid that day. He was so excited. He goes, you can't believe what happened. He walked in the room. (laughs) He turned around. He shut up. And he turned around and walked out. And I go, thank you, God. (laughs) (laughs) Nine months ago, your life would have been different, right? But it 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 worked magically. It just does that.
0: Yeah. And it, it's, it's, um, w- with these waves, it's like, um, uh, it's like a clock, right? And when, when you have clocks with the, um, the, the pendulums clocks, right. And you put them all into a room and they're all going at different rates. Eventually they all synchronize up to whichever is the biggest pendulum in the room. Yeah. So, so the same thing happens with the way the heart is, is whoever has the strongest heart, um, rhythm basically going on has the ability to impact everyone else in the room. And so and, was, yeah,
1: it, the person with the synchronized rhythm, somebody with an incoherent rhythm certainly has the impact of him causing everybody else to be incoherent. But if there's one person in a great big room in that place where they're in the sign rhythm, sinus rhythm, they could cause everybody else to come into entrainment with them. It's great
0: great exactly. it's 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 so fascinating right and like you see this happen right like um, like y- you see a speaker on stage right and they're so excited and they're so into what they're talking about and all of a sudden the entire audience is in alignment with that person yeah. like a hundred percent in alignment with that person and even if that person like they don't give that much value, And the people end up leaving the conference and they're like, wait, hold on. I don't even know why I was like so excited and everything. It's because that person was so in alignment themselves. They were able to, to enrapture everyone else around them.
1: That one of the things that I love to do when John and I go out to restaurants
0: is I find
1: somebody in the room that appears to be stressed or upset or whatever and I just sit there and I send that coherent, loving, compassionate energy and just wrap them up. And it's fun to watch because they turn around looking to see what's going on. I mean, I can feel that energy. You you can do it with
0: anybody. It just works fabulously. And 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 that's amazing. It's it's so amazing because cause one of the things that I love to to do in general, right, is just do little things that most people would like never think could have a huge impact. Like just smile at people, like look them in the eye and smile at them. Or, or as I'm driving by in, <clears throat> in the neighborhood, just, just do a small wave in the car. And like sometimes it's kind of sad because they're like they're so amazed that someone would wave at them right, right? or smile at them. Or say, hey, how's it going? And stick around for two or three seconds before taking off. And like, I've literally watched people just seem so amazed, but they're also happy at the same time.
1: Well, and and let's face it, there's a lot of negative energy in the world today.
0: And
1: if everybody just did that with one person, it would make such a huge difference. It would change the energy in the environment for everybody we exactly. have that much ability to do that
0: definitely it's a choice right maybe it's a choice exactly it is a choice attitude is a choice and sometimes it's not an easy choice right uh, like I'm not saying like this is a hundred percent perfect that you're always like if you choose to have a good attitude you will have it a hundred percent of the time but if you choose to have a good attitude, you're going to have it much more often than if you either don't make a decision or you make it the opposite decision to always be unhappy. Absolutely. Because it, it only takes 21 days to create a new habit, right? Well, math there is, you know, it, it one, I think it depends on what the habit is and, and two, there's Various studies. The, the one I hear the most often is 66 days, which comes from the one thing and some research they did into figuring that out. But it, it also depends on how hard the habit is to break. Like smoking is a much more difficult habit to break than attitude, usually. Well,
1: I, as someone who told myself for 30 something years, that was <laughs> Impossible to do, and then after one session, never smoked again. I know now that the story I was telling myself was a falsehood, and and the more you tell yourself you can't do something, it's it becomes a belief system,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it it becomes a
1: self-fulfilling.
0: Yeah, self-perpetuating. I was going to say self-fulfilling prophecy, but exactly, exactly. Um, and that, that actually makes me think like th- there are some people who are like, I'd love to know the future, right? And I'm on the other end of the spectrum from that. I don't want to know what the future is going to hold. Like I don't want to know it for sure because as soon as you have an idea of what the future is going to hold – you, you almost automatically make yourself create that happen unintentionally, and for better or for worse, and yeah. limit your limit exactly And yeah. so, like, for me, I never want to know what the future is. I'm just excited for what's going to happen. And sure, I want to try and morph the future to the possibilities I see in my head, but I don't want to know that they're guaranteed or not guaranteed, right? Mm-hmm. I just want to see what happens with going towards it.
1: Interesting. So, if you were going to paint a picture for me of where you're going to be, do you do you plan ahead? Do you? Oh
0: yeah, or, definitely.
1: Okay, so where are you going to be ten years from now? Who's Cody going to be ten years from now? <laughs> uh,
0: that that's a great question, um, and and there's there's a couple different ways it could go um, within within my business what I want to do, and and I don't want to give too much information because I'm not trying to I'm trying to think of the right way to say this I want the ability to change and I don't want to create false expectations in people if things go crazy or if things change along the way because it's very likely things will change but overall what I want to create my business into is something that truly is able to impact people on the three levels that I, I mentioned earlier, the, the mental, the physical, and the spiritual. And I want to come at it from the leadership perspective because I, I see the world right now and I see that there are a lot of people who are looking for leaders and not finding leaders They're, they're seeing people who are in leadership positions who are terrible people. They're seeing, you know, events happen in the world that are terrible and they don't have these, these images and visions of people who are good leaders, you know? So so often we look to the past and be like, that was a good leader, but we don't look at the present and say, they're actually a good leader, right? Like, like.
1: So what creates. Tell me what your view of a great
0: leader is. Define a great leader for me. I I, I just want to like really, you're the first person that's really put everything back on me. I love this by the way, but you're the first person who's done this. It's caught me very off guard, but I love it. So, so what, what I define as I have two different definitions that I work with, with leadership. There is leadership in general, right? Which I I believe very much in how John Maxwell puts it. He says, uh, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And I think that is a fantastic definition of leadership. The challenge with that definition of leadership is that the intention behind that leader is open to interpretation. Yeah. Because that that gives Abraham Lincoln the same type of leadership as Adolf Hitler, right They were both extremely influential people they were both very much um, impactful as leaders, but the direction they went is very different, right and not always to good ends and so so that is the challenge I see with that definition of leadership so I'm not interested in leadership as a generality i'm interested in what i call legendary leadership and legendary leaders are people who understand what their heroic potential is now the word heroic one of my teachers taught me one of my mentors taught me that the word heroic comes from the greek word hero and the greek word hero um what it means is someone with the strength for two people or more, but technically it just says with for two people. And they have a secret power. And that secret power is love because to have strength for more than one person requires you to have love for those people who you give your strength to. And so their secret power is love underneath of it all. So a legendary leader understands what their heroic potential is in the world and how it is expressed in the world. They strive to live up to the highest level of their heroic potential. And in doing so, as they do this, they're able to help those they influence unlock their own heroic potential. And so So, that's what I'm interested in.
1: and, And who defines that? Is it the person themselves or is it somebody outside of themselves that defines that
0: for what they? That's, that's a really fascinating question. And the way I would answer it is yes. The answer is yes. Um, you as a leader have to define who you are. If, if someone else tells you who you are and you don't believe in that, Right you're not living up to who you truly believe. You're going to create inauthenticity. You're going to create in, in, uh, incoherence like we were talking about before because your mind is trying to accomplish these things that others are putting on to you, but your heart wants you to be something else. And so even if you accomplish great things, if you're not in the alignment in yourself, that's not truly your heroic potential.
1: So in alignment, are, are, <clears throat> are you calling that the same thing as integrity? Because I'm saying.
0: Integrity the, is definitely a part of it, right? Because yeah. it, the, the alignment I'm talking about is mentally, physically, spiritually, okay. right? Yeah. Because that's what creates the whole person in my right. mind. So, okay. so when you live up to your heroic potential, right, your mind, your, your body, and your spirit are in alignment with each other pursuing the things that you're being called to do right which a lot of times is defined in what the spirit is kind of guiding you to do and you have to listen to that internally exactly right? Exactly. you have to listen to it and you have to have your mind guide you towards it and you have to have your body acting in it you, you if, if you if you're missing any one of those you're not complete as a person you don't feel complete right and and no. you, you see this a lot in all three realms right you, you can see people who are very physically fit, people who um, feel like they have a, a calling, but they haven't trained themselves to use their mind in a way to get them to act in the right direction. So they can act, 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 but they're not moving towards where they want to go, actually, because their mind's not guiding them. Or you, you have someone who knows, they, they spiritually know where they're going, their mind knows how to get them there, but because they haven't kept up with their physicality, it, their, their body's physically not able to get them to go there. And, and that could happen in so many different ways. Um, and, and, and spiritually, right. You can be really intelligent and you can be, you know, perfectly in your body. Right. But if you don't have that purpose, that spiritual part of who you are, if you feel lost, I mean, you could work out every day perfectly and read all the books and, you're still going to feel like you're lacking a purpose at the end of the day.
1: So how would you coach somebody who's in that space? What would you – I mean, we've all talked to people that we know are lost, and, and, and maybe they know they're lost, and maybe they don't, right? Yeah. So how, would you, how would you approach somebody – I'm just
0: curious. Yeah, no, I, I love this question. And it's a really difficult question because it is going to be highly different from person to person. No two people are the same. And so you can't completely come down to it until you actually are involved with that person and understand who they are. Right? Um, there, there's a, there's a great line from, uh, um, a, a lot of people attribute it to the seven habits of highly effective people, but it actually, it's was from a, a prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, which is seek first to understand and then be understood. So, right. so you have to understand the person you're talking with. Now I do some things to get a, a general outline of trying to identify who the person is. Um, and, um, <laughs> I, I, I call it um, life and death, right? And, um, and I'm not going to get completely into it right now. But basically, I, I see that there are things that create life in us and there are things that create death in us. And life and death are, are acronyms, right? And if we can understand the things that create life in us and guide ourselves toward those things, that's where we're going to find our heroic potential. And if we understand what those things that create death in us are, we can look to understand it and correct ourselves when we find ourselves in those moments, facing those things.
1: And so if somebody asks you, Cody,
0: I don't know what gives
1: me life. What would you tell them? What would you tell them to do?
0: Well, I would first ask them why they don't feel like it, right? because sometimes the key to understanding why they don't feel like they have that life is hidden in what is causing their death okay and so so for instance if i look at my own life right there was there was a point in my life where i felt like i had no future going forward that everything was lost that i you know i had uh, suicidal thoughts going through my head i remember looking out a window and thinking how easy it would be to just dive out head first into the concrete below and the the problem wasn't that i didn't have something that i could move towards in life the problem was i was caught up in what was causing death and at that time what was causing death for me was two relationships that i had one person who i considered my best friend and someone who was my fiance at the time, she left me. And a few weeks later, she had gotten together with the person I thought was my best friend. And I was so caught up in the idea of a future with both of them that was now gone. That that idea of the future was gone. And it caused pain all the time in me. And what I had to do was I had to understand that certain things within that relationship actually weren't working well, right? It was actually overall a really bad relationship. And so, and it bad for both of us, not just me, but it was bad for them as well. And once I understood that, I could begin to figure out, okay, well, if that was a bad relationship, right? I just didn't realize it at the time. Now I can actually look for a better relationship. What does a good relationship for me look like? Right. And I was, I was also able to redefine myself during that time because I had defined myself a lot based on that relationship, which is in general is really unhealthy. You shouldn't define yourself based on a specific relationship because you should define yourself as who you are and then you add that into a relationship. I hadn't done that during that time. And so I had to discover who I was so that I could understand what does a healthy relationship look like for me. Right. So, so the key was understanding what was causing death in my life so that I could look and actually find life.
1: And you, and did you not know it was a surprise to you? I'm guessing.
0: Yeah, no, I I had no, I, I should have, seen signs of it coming. They're they're worth it like in in you know in hindsight, everything's 2020, right? And there there were certain things I picked up on that I just kind of threw under the rug as, oh no, that's just my imagination that I should have picked up on. So are
1: you telling me that little bitty voice inside of you that was speaking your truth you weren't listening
0: to? Is that what you're telling me? Exactly. Exactly. I wasn't aligned with my soul. Right. right. I wasn't aligned with my spirit. My spirit was telling me one thing, and my mind and body were telling me a completely right. different thing. Yeah. And okay. so there was that lack of coherence right there. It. Exactly. Yeah. You were out of coherence. Exactly. And once I discovered that coherence, right? Once, once I was able to understand what were my spiritual needs, right? What, because, because, like, within that relationship, I felt like I was underselling myself in many areas and I was telling myself it was going to be okay because of the relationship and that's uh, not how it should be. Right. And you know, again, hindsight is twenty twenty, but once I got out of the relationship and I got away from, from the people that were causing this pain and I allowed myself to actually get introspective about it, I was able to rediscover what are these things that I actually want to do in the world. Right? What are these things that I can bring into the world? Right? Because because there's sometimes a difference between what you want to do and what you're able to do. Right? right. Like yeah. like there, there 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 are people who would love to be a pro NBA player. Right? But if I were to try and become a pro NBA player, I would fail terribly. Right? Because I'm a short white guy with no hops. <laughs> right? <laughs> like that's that's just that's the reality for me, <laughs> and like no matter how much I try. I'm not going to be able to take on, you know, I'm not going to be able to take on Shaquille O'Neal now, yeah. right? And Sha- Shaquille O'Neal's an older guy now. Right. And I, I could probably outrun him, but you put me in a basketball court with him, he's going to tear me down. It's, right. it's not even it's going, not going to be a working. competition. It's not going to work.
1: And you're listening to your inner voice that's telling you now. Exactly. Don't do that. Don't do Exactly.
0: That. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> So, so, so that's, that is a, a huge part of it, I think, especially in today's world. I think a lot of the times, the reason we don't feel like we have a purpose, right, or, or we don't see where we can go, it's because we're so caught up in the things that are causing what I call death in our lives. And if, if you can get past those things and realize that the damage those things are doing to you, and that there is something else, right? There's a choice in your life that you can pursue life instead of pursue death. That's when you begin to have the ability to see what are the opportunities out there. there there's so many people in the world who, who feel like there's no opportunities, right? They're like, oh, you know, even, even if there was an opportunity, I'd never be able to get it, right? right. But, but the thing is, the world is filled with opportunities. There has never been a time with more opportunities to do amazing things than today. Like, it's unprecedented, the amount of opportunity there is and like it doesn't even matter what part of the world you're in anymore right you yep. could be in a third world country with no internet access and you still have unprecedented opportunities that never existed before right like that that's the world we live in right and and people are just so caught up in all the you know the nonsense that's happening in their lives that if they could step away from it just for a little bit they could begin to see that there's so much opportunity there in reality. Right. I agree.
1: I agree completely. (laughs) That was a great, thank you for sharing that. I know that was a painful time for
0: you when it happened, but I bet you now consider it the biggest gift you ever had, right? Well, one of the biggest gifts I like, I, I look at my life and I see there's a lot of gifts in my life. Yeah. um and and i i see all the bad things that have happened to me as gifts there's um there's this beautiful latin phrase that that it, it it goes amor fati which is love of fate right and it's it's a stoic concept that no matter what comes at you right there is you can love it for what it is and what it can bring to you in life um there's there's a there's two uh a a lovely one lovely story behind this that um thomas edison right the the creator of the light bulb was standing out in front of one of his factories with his son standing right next to him and they're looking at the factory because the factory is up in fire chemical fire like this thing is not going to go out and most of his life work is in this building, right? And most people would see this, this situation and they'd be devastated, right? All right. my life work is gone. There's nothing I'm going to be able to do to get it all back. It, you know, all these terrible things. Why is it happening to me? But Thomas Edison had a different approach. He looked at this fire and he goes, he turns to his son and he says, go get your mother and her friends this is something that they will never see again in their lifetime. He, 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 he didn't look at all the terrible things that were going on, all his life work going up in flame. He right. was looking at a fire that was so fascinating, so big, chemically fueled, unlike anything that, that he had ever seen before. Probably he knew he would never see it again, and he took in that opportunity to see how amazing that was. And he told his in son... Exactly. In the moment and told his son to go get more people to see this amazing thing that is going on in front of them. Phenomenal. Yeah. Great perspective. Exactly. And that's, that's now, that's the type of perspective I try to bring into my life. And that's the perspective I try and bring into the lives of others. Right.
1: That's the influence. Yeah.
0: Exactly. A great influence. That's a great leadership quality. Thank you. Congratulations. Yes, For that.
1: somebody so young, congratulations.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. Um, it's, it's one of those, a lot of times we look at people at their ages, right? And age is just a number. It doesn't represent experience necessarily. And there are people who are in their 80s who've lived a lot less life than people in their 20s, right? Or their teenage years, you know? And so so your age is is really just a number. The question is, what is your experiences? And what have you made of those experiences that really determine where you are in life?
1: Absolutely. Cody, I just heard my doorbell ring and I have some out of town guests who have just arrived. I hate to cut this short. And I would love to spend another two hours with
0: you. I would love to do that too. We can definitely, we can definitely have another interview in the future. I would love to have that. And it it was weird because I I had this, I I had this interview to talk about you and half the time I'm talking about me. Well, I I need to talk more about you next time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, this was, I, this was a conversation. This, that's what this was. That's what I love. So I appreciate um, the uh, opportunity to be with you and to share this time with you. And I would love to do this again.
0: And definitely.
1: You're amazing. And I
0: appreciate everything that you bring as a leader. Thank you
1: for sharing your
0: time with me, Cody. Thank you for sharing your time with me and seeing that in me. I, I really do truly appreciate it. Now now Nancy, before you go, if anyone is trying to get a hold of you um, quickly so you can get to your people, um, what all do you do and can help them with, and how are the best ways to get a hold of you? Throw in as many plugs as you want. I don't care.
1: Perfect. So I'm all about helping individuals who were in chronic pain or their caregivers who are experiencing chronic pain because they're helping somebody in chronic pain, prevent, recover from, and recognize compassion fatigue. And so I have a CompassionateCareProject.com website. I have a free session available. You can sign up for a stress relief challenge on my Compassionate Care com website compassionate dot com website sign up for the stress relief challenge some of the information we've talked about from heart math and perspective and all that is in that challenge and um, one of the things that you'll have it linked to is to take a compassionate, compassion test and see whether you're experiencing compassion fatigue. you can either schedule a free session with me you can Sign up for that Stress Relief Challenge. Or you can just call me, 512-921-9429, and we'll talk
0: about it. Say that one more time, but slower, because that was very fast.
1: 512-921-9429 is my number, and CompassionateCareProject.com is my website.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today. I, I had a blast and I would love to have another conversation with you in the future. I'm there.
1: I'm with you when that happens. Let's get it scheduled,
0: Cody. Thanks awesome. so much. Sounds I appreciate good. you. Talk to you soon. Sounds Bye. good. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Leadership Guide. Just a quick update. In this episode, we talked about me going through a HeartMath certification, and I am 100% finished with that certification. Proud to be able to announce that to you guys. Now, make sure to go to your favorite podcast player of choice and there rate the show, then subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. Then, if you truly want to be a legendary leader, share this episode with someone that you know will be impacted, because Legendary Leaders fuel not only themselves, but others as well to their heroic potential. If you want to unlock your heroic potential faster, then you will want to join the League of Legendary Leaders, an association of leaders who are dedicated to unlocking their heroic potential, unlocking the heroic potential of others, and where Legendary Leaders are born. The League of Legendary Leaders also has a goal to raise $100,000 monthly to support nonprofits that are actively undertaking causes to impact the future in areas including homelessness, neurodiversity, character strength, positive psychological research, and more. Seize the call now. Go to www.theleadership.guide and click Get free guidance now to propel you on your journey to legendary leadership. I'm your host, Cody Dakota, and I'm honored to have spent this time with you today. My final message for you, and listen closely. It's time. Wake up your heroic potential. Let go of your fears and anxieties. And let's discover what is possible on your journey to become a legendary leader. Emerge and become who you were meant to be.